Oh, boy. I feel like I uh, did a whole pilgrimage to get here. I know. It's a bit of a journey, huh? I'm, I'm happy that I got here, though. Um, I don't know if people probably expected us to do a podcast together. Um, I'll tell you my introduction to you. Not only Instagram. I've been watching, like, just content. I feel like you've lived a life that many men have wished and have hoped. Yeah, I feel like it started off as just kind of like... Doing all that shit, like doing all the stuff that like I wanted to do when I was a little kid, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. so eventually, and, and I watched a couple of videos, and I'm like, man, I got to talk to this guy. Because it feels like your life stories, the best thing about podcasts is that it's a great medium to get stories out. You know what I mean? It, like, you know, um, that's why I listen to podcasts. And I was listening to you on a few podcasts, and I'm like, what the fuck? Like, this guy's lived a life. And I hit you up. My man said, listen, hey, we can have a better podcast. You should read the book. Yeah, I feel like if they don't, you know, it's just kind of like a lot of the same questions. And it's, you know, I, I feel like I'm almost in, like, Groundhog Day. So, yeah, when they read the book, it's, it's very dynamic. Then they can, you know, go into certain, you know, avenues if that's what they want to talk about. Or they've got some back history. It's just, I feel like, a more intellectual conversation, you know. Because I think, like, the Nelk Boy is one of the first ones I did after I did the book. And they hadn't really read the book. And it was just like, pussy, 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 like, how do you, you know, all that shit, which is fun to talk about a little bit, but then, you know, Logan Paul read the book, I did More Plates, More Dates, like, he read it, and so, like, we were able to, like, really delve in a lot deeper into, like, subjects that interested them, and I think the podcast was better because of it, so. No, absolutely. I'm wondering, um, what, at what point in your life did you get to where you're like, you let me write a book in my own words, and... Why did you do yourself? So, by the way, if, if anyone doesn't know, by the way, this is an off-the-record podcast. I'm here with Dan, Dan Bilzerian. I'm in this huge mansion in uh, Nevada. Uh, we got the tour. I mean, Jesus Christ. Lord only could tell you what I've seen here. Um, but you wrote a book, the setup. Yep. And um, that book, I, I got to give you props, number one, completely readable. When, you, when I got the book, I'm like, this just seems like a task. Yeah, it felt big, like college. It's a big book. Why did you read the book? Um, oh, not read. Why did you write the book? And um, just at what point in your life were you at at that point? I think when I turned 33, I distinctly remember feeling like if I died tomorrow, I remember this point in my life. I was like, if I die tomorrow, I feel like I've done almost everything that I've wanted to do and that was kind of an interesting thought to have um and i just i don't know i just felt like it was something where there was so much misconception about what i'd done and how i'd done it um and i didn't do a ton of podcasts i wasn't always out there doing interviews so for me it was just like an opportunity to kind of like set the record straight for all the people that you know, thought I was their hero or thought I was an asshole, whatever it was, I didn't really care, but just, I don't mind being hated for what I've done or being liked for what I've done, but I don't want it to be, you know, somebody thinking that, you know, I'm this guy that I'm not and, you know, thinking I'm a fucking hero for something I didn't do or somebody not liking me for something that I didn't, you know what I mean? So I was just kind of like, I want to just put it out there and I thought it was a crazy fucking story, right? Um, I mean, I've done a lot of shit in my life. I think any one of those um, you know, roads that I went down, I think could have been a book in and of itself, like the military stuff, the gambling stuff, the celebrity stuff, the party stuff, the girl stuff. I mean, there was just almost like a book in each one of those things. Um, so I think for me, the hardest part was kind of getting it 
I mean, even where I landed was still 500 pages, right? And so I think the hard part for me was getting it condensed down to a spot where I felt like I told the story. And I, I had a lot of things that I wanted to do in the book. I wanted to tell the story. I wanted to, like, explain how I did it, why I did it, and then, you know, educate people on some of the stuff that I learned along the way. You know, I think a lot of people... Um, have had some of the similar aspirations that I've had. Like, you know, I want to get a lot of pussy. I want to do this. I want to do that. And, you know, how did I do it? And, you know, because I wasn't this fucking, you know, stud in high school that was, you know, banging all the chicks and, you know, fucking, uh, you know, capping the football team, right? So, I mean, I played sports, but, I, you know, I wasn't like, I did five schools in four years and I got thrown in jail my senior year. So I didn't really have, like, the great high school that I wanted. Um, and so it was just a very unique path and um, I learned a lot along the way and, I just want to pass some of that stuff on, and I think I originally was going to do the book in 2016. I really didn't want to fucking write a book. I don't read. I don't fucking write. I don't want to do any of that shit. <laughs> and uh, got to be a movie later on. Yeah, I mean that was a thought. I feel like it would make a good one. And or I, maybe a doc. But usually with docs, they, they, they almost kind of try to spin it where like it's like it's like a villain story. But the, the villain docs are better. There's never a good guy doc. Yeah, I don't mind being the villain. You know, I feel like I've kind of like done that. You know, I feel like I, I've like always led with like my worst traits or the things that are controversial. And I think the people that are running around acting like they don't have any faults are the guys you really got to be careful of. You know, because they're the ones that have the fucking big skeletons in the closet. I lead with all my bad shit, you know what I mean? So, like, the more you get to know me, the more you're going to, like, learn the good stuff that I don't talk about. Um, and I also think the bad stuff's more interesting, you know? And, uh, and I think it's one of those things where I, like, I had a very hedonistic life, you know? And I guess in biblical terms, that would be a bad thing, a lot of sin. Um, but I also think that's something that is a lot more interesting than just fucking spending your life saving the manatees. Not that that's not like a... You know, good thing, but it's just, I don't know, I wouldn't want to read about that shit. Yeah, number one, and, and we're definitely going to get to some of the hedonistic shit you've done, but I always look at every successful guy, and while I was reading the book, it's always the foundation that kind of um, lays the groundwork for whatever is to come. And you being in the military, you know, instantly I thought, well, this is where you have to have some type of discipline. You have to have some type of drive, some type of, you know, inner, you know, kind of determination. And I, I'm wondering, you know, you, you've done a lot. I'm, what do you take from that portion of your life that maybe, uh, maybe unknowingly that you probably still do? There's a lot, honestly. I mean, I look back at my military as, like, honestly, my biggest failure. But it was really? my, well, I mean, I fucking was one day before becoming a Navy SEAL. And, you, I did, and I got rolled back at the beginning and did the whole fucking thing over again just to, for them to kick me out three weeks prior. So, like, I did more Navy SEAL training than almost any Navy SEAL. And I didn't get to say that I was a Navy SEAL, which is the whole reason I went in there. So, by any definition, it would be a failure. Um, but I learned a lot. And it's funny, man. Like, looking back, I was talking about this the other day, I think, with Steve-O. is like, looking back. Hold on. Oh, is it too far? Yeah, looking back, um, you know, it's funny because that, to me, was, like, one of the worst things that possibly could have happened to me at the time anyways, right? I'd spent my whole life, or not my whole life, but at that time, my whole life, right? And you dedicate your whole life. Yeah, when you're fucking 21 years old and you spend the bulk of your youth, you know, pursuing a goal and you get so fucking close you can taste it and then they kick you out. I mean, that's probably as big a failure as you can have and, you know, a big monkey on your back or whatever, but... 
you know, now looking back, it's one of those things where it's like, okay, you know, three quarters of my class died. Um, I would have missed the poker window. I might not have been as motivated to do the shit that I wanted to do. Um, the reasons why I went in was, you know, to say that I was a Navy SEAL, to get laid, you know, whatever, get some respect. I mean, yeah, you would have got respect for it for sure, but, like, it definitely wouldn't have got me laid at all. Um, and I don't know. It was just, like, one of those things. And saying you're a Navy SEAL, I think, like, just that in and of itself would make it to where I wouldn't feel the need to accomplish as much as I did otherwise, right? Because, like, it's like, okay, you can hang your hat on that. I was a Navy SEAL. Like, so I think it probably would have stunted my growth a little bit. Um, and so, like I said, I think that was probably one of the – best things that happened to me but at the time it seemed like the worst you know it's interesting you say that so like you know i have a couple buddies um actually my best buddy he's, he's in the navy and he tried out for the seals and 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 you know he didn't make it and uh, actually there's a there's the majority of people don't make it yeah. in reality so it's kind of interesting that you actually look at it like as a huge even though you pretty, pretty much got close um that kind of gives me a perspective of your like determination to complete something or well, complete I mean, I, a task. I finished two hell weeks. Like I did all, but I literally was one day before graduation. So, I mean, you couldn't have done any more. I mean, I, you know, and I never quit. I had, you know, stress fractures in my legs going through the first time. And, uh, you know, I had a lot of opportunities to kind of like not even quit, just take the easy way out with medical. Um, but I didn't, I mean, and I don't know if it's necessarily because, you know, a lot of people like to beat their chest and be like, oh, I'm so fucking tough or I'm this hard ass or whatever. But I think at the end of the day, like making it through Navy SEAL training or making it through something like that really just comes down to how bad you want it more so than like, yeah, you got to be tough, right? Like, cause you know, nobody wants to get hypothermia or run 144 miles of boats and telephone poles and not sleep for a week and all the bullshit that you go through. But like, you just have to want it. Like, if you just want it. And also, I didn't really have a great other option, too. I think that made it easier for me um, because it was like, okay, like, if you quit, you're going to a ship and you're going to be fucking miserable and you're going to be a failure, you're going to be a fucking loser and this and that. And so it's like, to me, I just, I don't know. I, I never was going to, I, I would have fucking pretty much died before I was going to quit. Um, but that just means that I just wanted it, you know? And I think a lot of it was, from insecurity, you know, I wanted, you know, the admiration of my dad. It's like, okay, you know, he's a Green Beret. If I become a Navy SEAL, you know, it's like a lot of respect there. I mean, all, you know, most of the guys respected. I mean, the funny thing is the reason I really, like, wanted to go in there is because I figured it would get me laid. The funny yeah. part about it was that would have been the last thing in the world that would have got me pussy, but hey, I thought. Uh, listen, know. my boys in the Navy, he said they're, they're just handing out pussy on the ship. Like, Oh, no, I mean, I'm sure they're doing okay, but, like, I'm talking about, like, nines and tens, you know? Okay, like, okay. Like, okay. A, like a Navy nine is like a real world five, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, it was a different, different thing, you know? And I, I had watched my neighbor growing up, you know, this guy was a, he was a car dealer and he had all the hot chicks and he had the Ferrari and he had all the stuff. And I just, man, I wanted to be like that. You know, I wanted to, I wanted the chicks that I had posters of on the wall. Like that was, that was my dream, you know? So, um, and I thought that was the way to get there. Um, that's actually interesting, though, because I, I think many dudes, everybody wants that, right? But I think people, as life goes on, start settling, right? You kind, of, you kind of say, you know what, the work to get to whatever point, it might not be just getting some hot pussy. It might just be like, yo, hey, I want to, you know, everybody, everybody wants to be a millionaire, right? And then it might be like, well, man, this is just too much fucking work, or I just can't see a path how to get it, right? Um, 
has that always been like you know kind of like your mentality where like you got to get the, the the very best fucking thing i just always wanted more you know and i don't know if that's a good thing or not it's probably a net negative i mean it's gonna drive you to accomplish more but then you're never really happy with what you got so i don't know you know it's like it's hard to say i mean um i think i don't know i think a guy that's happy doing a nine to five and banging his old lady and watching football on the weekends and everything. I mean, if he's happy, he's happy. You know, at the end of the day, like, what's it really about? It's, like, about being happy. So um, is it better to be that guy or be the guy that's, like, super successful but constantly striving for more never happy with what he's got, you know, um, and has all this pressure to, like, you know, keep performing and this and that? Um, I guess it just comes down to, like, what – your goals are for me i just wanted to like experience everything i wanted to experience i I needed to see it like i needed to stick my finger in that fucking light socket and get shocked a few times before i knew that it was like okay yeah that's not a good thing you know and and i still go back you know like like the hedonistic treadmill where like you just want more and and that's a function of pleasure seeking when you're seeking pleasure versus happiness Pleasure's got a very, like, distinct spike. It's like, you know, when you experience... It's like pleasure, dopamine. Exactly. It's, a, it's 100% linked to dopamine, right? So it's like, you know, and dopamine, like, you know, any other drug, it's like, you know, the more you have, the more you need to feel the same thing, and then eventually you just need it to not feel like shit. And so, yeah, it's just kind of like wherever your baseline is, like, you know, if your baseline's down here, you can springboard up pretty fucking high, but however high you go, you got to come back down eventually, you know? How do you maintain that? So it, it, is it about moderation? Because, you know, reading the book, and I told you this before, you know, I even came out here, I said, well, and if I told you this part, I was like, it was, there's a little bit of sadness in it, though. It, you essentially wrap up the whole thing by saying, you know, you know, you've had this great life that many men would want, and no matter how many bitches you done fucked and how many, like, wild things you've done and all the money you've made, like, the, the, the things that bought you the most happiness didn't really cost anything and oh, really shit. and and that shit, reading that shit was like wait hold on now you know what i mean i felt like that was another reason that i had to write the book because you know there's a lot of these fucking dickheads running around that have boring lives and haven't really done shit and they can tell you that you know money doesn't buy happiness and all this other stuff and you look at them like yeah well i don't want your fucking life you know <laughs> so i think a lot of people look at me and they're like damn i'd want this motherfucker's life so i think it's more powerful coming from me that a lot of the things in my life that I've really found happiness in didn't cost a lot of money. Um, you know, sure, fucking the hot chick is cool and driving the Ferrari is cool and, and everything, but, like, it's, it's not cool forever, you know? Like, you have the car, and eventually you're bored of it. I mean, the last Ferrari I bought, I was, like, stoked on it for less than a day. Drove the fucking thing less than 100 miles in a year and sold the thing and, like, didn't get anything out of it. Um, but I think... Did you know that in the moment? Because I, I remember watching, like, just even you on Instagram, and your Instagram followers are going up. But every time you post a picture, it's like, like for the regular guy who's watching this, you're like, holy shit, he must be having the fuck. This is what happiness is. This is what paradise is, right? Well, listen, there's definitely, I'm not going to lie to you, man. There's been times, you know, many times when I've fucking been walking from my bed to take a shower after I've hooked up some hot chicks and just feeling like, the fucking man. That got to be like the like, ultimate like high. This is, yeah, like this don't get no better, you know. And but I'm sure heroin addicts fucking feel that same shit when they shoot up heroin. You know, it's like there's gonna be times when you feel fucking amazing, you know, and and it's great. But like that's not it doesn't last long term, you know. So it's like yeah, I mean that 
shit's fun. I'm glad I did it. You know, it's like, I, I, I think that I spent probably too much time going down the wrong roads, but I went to the end of those motherfucking roads, you know? So did you become like desensitized ever? Absolutely. Absolutely. I've, I think I'm like desensitized to almost everything, man. Like sex, weed, pussy, the whole, well, I mean, you have to take breaks. Like if you take a break and you come back, it's like anything else, like weed or whatever you still, you know, you get that hit again and it's good. But like, Man, I was, like, in the mix of it where I'm, like, fucking three or four times a day, every day. I was saying, listen, I, and, and I know this is true, so I can't call it cap, but I, 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 you were, I was reading about one of the orgies you have, and I'm like, listen, man, every man knows if you fuck a certain amount of times a day, your dick's starting to hurt. Like, it's sore. Like, it's a muscle. You get what I mean? And I'm like, you, you probably got to, like, be popping a pill or something like that. Oh, just absolutely. Me. I was taking Cialis, like, almost every fucking day. Really? Every fuck. It was like a multivitamin for me. <laughs> I know I'm fucking. You know what I'm saying? It's like, I know I'm going to need it. Like, I, you know, you just naturally, like, a man is just not going to be able to have sex three to five times a day every fucking day. And it was just like, sometimes it was like, I didn't even necessarily, like, feel like I wanted to have sex, but there was a hot bitch that wanted to fuck me. You know what I mean? It's like... Walking down the How much was it you or how much was it like sometimes maybe the situation that provided you opportunity know, to have sex me, or, or she wanted to fuck Look you. at me. I'm not fucking, you know, fucking uh, Brad Pitt. or You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm a decent looking guy, but I'm not. How you, you know, built, man? The bitches love buff niggas, man. That's I what's mean, going on. Shit, man. There's a lot of better looking, more in shape motherfuckers, but I'm just saying. But you're selling a lifestyle too, man. Like, I remember just watching you had chicks jumping off roofs. I'm like, yo, this, like every girl in her 20s. Right, yeah. want to be on a yacht somewhere like I don't even know where the fuck you were taking the pictures. At. No, they want to have the experience. Listen, it was fun, and I, and I get it, and I understand why they're there. And like you know, fuck man, if I was a girl, I'd you know be doing the same shit. You know, it's like it was funny. I was having this conversation with a girl the other day, you know, because I didn't want to be monogamous, and you know, she was trying to like flip the script on me. How do you have that conversation? I'll tell you how I had that conversation. Exactly how I had it. I was like, listen, if I was fucking 20 years old and I was on Beyonce's jet and I was flying around the fucking world and, and she was giving me fucking pussy and paying for all my shit and she wanted to fuck some other dudes, I'm not going to be bitching about it. Like, I'd let her fuck the other dudes. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, to me, if the situation was actually reversed and I got to fly on private jets and be on yachts and do all this shit when I was fucking 20... I wouldn't care if the girl... I mean, I would maybe care, but I would still be there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you're not leaving. That versus me being in my fucking shitty-ass apartment in the military, like, you know, what's more appealing, right? And so, to me, you know, I I was like, you know, it makes perfect fucking sense. You know, but I also get it from their side. Like, you know, I mean, they don't want the guy they like fucking other girls, but it's kind of like, it's the whole package. It's like, what comes with it? So, So, have you never, like, lied to women? Yeah, of course, man. Like throughout my life, I'm sure that I've I've lied, but I think I got to a place where I just didn't want to fucking deal with it. Like I didn't want to like remember the lies. I didn't want to have to like just have to come up with shit. I I don't know. And then also I expected honesty, and you can't expect honesty if you're not giving it, right? So I think it was, you know, it was twofold. It was just like it's the right thing to do. And then there's, like, a weird thing, too, man. Like, when you're honest and it's in a spot where, like, nobody else would be honest, you actually build trust because they know you're not lying because you're giving them, like, fucking terrible answers, you know? And you know they're terrible (laughs) answers, you know what I mean? Like, when the chick asks you, like, you know, did you have sex last night? And you're like, yes. And she's like, how many girls? And you're like, four. You know what I mean? Like, no, you know, no, like, it's not something a girl that you're dating wants to hear, right? And it's not really something you want to say, 
but it is what it is. You know what I'm saying? It's just true. Just no different than if you went on a date with a girl and you asked her how many guys she's fucked, she told you fucking, you know, I don't know, 187, right? Like, like, well, damn, like, at least she, I know she's telling the truth. You know what I'm saying? I may not be stoked about the number, but, like, not the next thing it. coming out of her mouth is probably going to be fucking true. She's not going to tell the truth about that and then lie about some petty shit. So it's funny, man, when you actually do start just being completely honest regardless, you build trust a lot faster. And it's funny because you set this, like, frame where it's like this is just this is what it is you either accept it or you don't and when they accept it then fuck man all bets are off you can do whatever the fuck you want because she's accepted this crazy bullshit you know what is she not going to accept and the funny thing is she'll be mad at her boyfriend for like talking to another girl but she'll be okay with me fucking four other girls including one of her friends you know what i'm saying like it's weird. Like so, some people say, women never really accept. They might. It might be a coping mechanism, right? Like so, they, they might be like, "Well, yeah, okay, I'm glad you're telling me the truth." But in reality, in the back of their mind, they're like, "I wish this would stop. I wish it would change." Yeah, right? I mean, I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a weird situation, you know. Like it's very unbalanced, you know. I mean, the girls are they're younger, they're less experienced, they have less to offer. Um, and so I, I think they're kind of like torn between their own like hedonistic desires of like, I want fame. I want to, you know, I want to be around money. I want the nice shit. You know, I want, you, you know. sell them the dream on that though, to be like, Hey, listen, you come hang with me. Yo, you're probably going to go home. Tens of thousands, richer, a lot more followers clout. Like this is your, this is in your benefit or Maybe they already just kind of perceive it based on how they look at you. I was never a dream seller, man. I never. Never. I, I just feel like the moment you get into that mode, it's like you're selling. And it's like, you know, fucking the whole thing. It's all a negotiation, you know. And part of the art of negotiation is, like, not being needy. And when you start selling yourself, you're needy. You know what I mean? Like, when you start listing off your accolades to a girl, like, what you can do to benefit her she knows you're like like her you know what i mean she knows you're coming at her like the the dynamic that i always had with women coming after me you know like i was the prize and so the moment you start selling yourself you are the prize yeah if you set up the situation right like anybody would be the prize you know what i mean if you if you're on a fucking deserted island i don't give a fuck yeah, if you're 500 pounds yeah, and you if you're fucking, one guy and, and it's 50 bitches you're fucking drooling on yourself you know what i'm saying the girls want to get dipped there's one stop and it's you you know what i mean so yeah, yeah. like if if the setup is right like Anything can be the prize. You know what I'm saying? Like, I could throw a chicken wing on the fucking floor and stomp on that motherfucker and throw it in the dirt, you know, and you're going to look at that like, that ain't no fucking prize, but I bet you after not eating for five fucking days and we're on that same fucking deserted island, you're yeah. going to look at that motherfucker yeah, like yeah, it's yeah, the best yeah, fucking yeah. flaming oh, you've ever seen. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, so it's, <laughs> it's like, it's all, it's all, you know, supply and demand perspective, you know, framing, whatever. And so I created this, this, this dynamic of, you know, competition, right? And, like, also when people are competing for something, I mean, sometimes it's something they don't even want because everybody else wants it, they want it. You know what I mean? Some Sometimes girls just want to win. You know what I mean? So, like, there's a whole bunch of things at work, you know, behind the scenes of, like, why things are happening the way they're happening, you know? And, like, and, and some of it you have to, like, understand, like, human psychology to really, like, understand what's happening, right? Because, like, you see the surface of it, and if you don't understand, like, what's going on beneath it, then a lot of times, like, things will be strange. Like, I remember my buddy, like, watching me, you know, trying to get this one girl, and I, like, really liked her. 
And I was like, and I like tried all this shit. And then like the moment I just like, you know what, fuck it, I don't give a shit. And I fucked this other girl, like basically like, right in front of her. It was like the ultimate, like not giving a fuck, like I'd given up. Then all of a sudden now she wants to fuck me. You know what I mean? Like if people didn't understand psychology, that situation in and of itself would seem crazy to them. You know, or like women going after a guy that like doesn't want them, that would seem like a lot of this stuff is counterintuitive. Or like the more things that you give to a girl, like the worse she's going to treat you if she doesn't think of herself as being like a high value person, right? Because if, let's say you think you're a piece of shit mm-hmm. and I start giving you stuff, you're going to be like, well, damn, dude, this, this motherfucker's a sucker, right? Or, you know, this girl's a sucker, whatever, because I don't think very highly of myself, you know? So if you take a girl, you know, I call it stripper mentality, you know, she doesn't think very highly of herself and somebody starts doing nice things for her, she's going to look at this dude like a loser. Oh, yeah, like a sugar daddy, like, oh, yeah, this guy's yeah, a like simp. Yeah, like I've seen this before. Yeah, 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 yeah. Simp, you know what I mean? And then the guys they respect are the ones that treat them like shit. That's a bad cycle to be in, you know? Yeah, I, you know what's so funny? Because I think, you know, even reading the book and also your life experiences, I think now and there's an explosion of like channels that are like teaching or trying to teach men like kind of like kind of like psychology of women and how to deal with them right a lot of people they're in like the red pill this and third i wonder what you think about like you know men who are trying to you know trying to level the playing field between themselves who might they might be just average dudes and women who are operating on like yo they're probably dming like 15 like blue check type dudes in their, in their, in their inbox. And they're trying to figure out how, how do you deal with those women? Listen, it's, it's much needed, man. First of all, it's, 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 you know, multifaceted. You've got Hollywood pushing this bullshit narrative, like, Oh, like chase women, kiss their ass. That's the answer to getting the girl that you want, which is fucking completely wrong. You know, that shit has never worked ever. You know, the guy that's like, you know, kissing the girl's ass and sending her flowers. Aren't you super romantic? Like, well, there's a difference between romance and, you know, and chasing too hard, right? And they push chasing too hard. They push giving the woman way too much power. They push, like, putting your fucking cards on the table, professing your love, all this shit. It's just all nonsense. Be like, you s- send her work. a cash app just for her to get on, get on the phone with you. Like, yeah, it's, it's, it's terrible, right? It's like chivalry, but, like, now it's, it's like some extreme shit now. It's like the fucking simp fucking, like, course... <laughs> designed by Hollywood that's being fucking perpetually pushed down your throat through their fucking rom-coms. But the whole thing, like, I guess it's called the Manosphere. I was, at, I was doing a yeah. pod with uh, Adam22 or yeah, whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he, he kind of, he broke it down. I, I'd never really, like, you know, I, don't, I don't go on the internet a lot or, like, go towards that shit, but he kind of, like, broke it down as to what it was. And I think it's much needed, man, because it, it's, it's shifted a lot. Now it's, like, 1% of the guys are getting all the girls, and 99% of the guys are literally, like, getting laid never. It's, like, way worse. Like, back when I was younger, it was, like, maybe, like, 90-10, you know? And, like, you know, some guys were getting laid here or there or whatever, but they didn't have to compete with fucking Leo and, you know, and all these other... Yeah, you know what I'm saying? And Tyga, who's fucking in everybody's DM. You know what I'm saying? Like, Yo, Tyga isn't everybody. He slide hard. Yo, Tyga and Sway Lee. I like Sway. I, I, I've never heard any girl saying nothing about Sway. No, but Miami about scene, Sway Lee is in. Sway Lee was sliding up so much, he slid, he slid up on two of my girlfriends. I'm like, yo, Sway, <laughs> I know you were on a yacht. <laughs> yo, you know what I mean? It's casualty of war, man. It's, it's accidental. But the shit works, man. Like my, like I, Do you DM girls? I DM girls? never used to DM girls. Ever, 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 ever. And then, like, recently, you know, it's like I will go and my, my explorer or whatever, and I would, you know, click on a girl. If I think a girl's hot, I'll click on her, and I'll click on message. 
And like maybe like a third of the time, these chicks had like slid in the DMs and like unsent. Most of it's unsent. Sometimes they just leave it. Yeah, in yeah, there, yeah, yeah. But almost always they unsent, and you can see it because it's like accept the thing and then it's blank. You know. What's the DM game like? I mean, it's I have a fucking super high. Like I don't really DM much, but like when I do, like the response rate's like ninety five percent. Like I almost always get hit back. Like do do, do do you fuck like a six or a seven ever? Yeah, oh for sure, I fuck sevens. I mean, I've fucked sixes in my life. Now, now I'm not talking about like back then, bro. I'm talking. No, about- no, no. I don't. I just um, I, like unless I like I'd have to be fucked up or should have to have like great tits. So there'd have to be like some like, good <laughs> thing, right? Like some really good thing about her. Where I was just like, or maybe I'd been dating a girl that had like a really nice ass and kind of like no tits, and then all of a sudden here's this chick with nice tits, and maybe she's not yeah. perfect, but she got the good. You know what I'm saying? No, like, no, no I get you. I get you. Want you something different, you know. Um, and then also there's like some sluttiness appeal too, where like, like the way the girl comes at you, you know what I mean? Or like just her energy or whatever. Like sometimes it's fun, like, cause you just know it's going to be good or, you know, how do you send a DM? Do you, you like, like one of my boys, not him, but uh, one of our mutual friends, he slides in instantly with a dick pic. Oh, aggressive. Yeah. You know yeah. what I'm talking about, right? Okay, straight with a dick. That's, 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 to me, that's thirsty. That's a strong open. It's also <laughs> communicating a lot of interest, you know? And, like, I don't know. It's it's not a terrible thing because it just gets right to the fucking point. It's, like, way better than these guys, that like, try and befriend a girl and then, like, switch the script and be like, oh, now I'm into you. Um, so, I mean, like, the good thing about that is it just, like, sets it on the fucking table. Like, okay, this is what it is. You know I, I'll saying? tell you my strategy. I want you to rate it, right? Okay. Slide in with a heart, right? That, that's just to see the response rate, okay? Yeah. You see the blue check. You see who I am. You might click on it. Like, oh, okay. Maybe if you don't know me, you Google it. Cool. Now you're, we're at the place of responding. So you respond, and I'm instantly trying to figure out where you at because I'm trying to, because at this point, I think women these days, if they respond to DMs, they know it's the getting to know you phase, at least for me, is after you fly out. Okay. Like, I'm not trying to get to know one over DMs. Okay. So I don't think it's, I don't think it's bad. I don't think it's good, and I don't think it's optimal. And, the, and I'll tell you the reasons why is because by sending a heart, you're communicating interest immediately, right? Mm. You're saying, I dig you, I think you're hot, whatever, yeah. whatever a heart means, you're communicating that, which is similar to like going up with the girl being like, oh, I think you're pretty, let, let me buy you a drink. It's like, we've told the girl now that we like them. I think you're too high value of a guy to do that, right? So I would slide in with something more like... I don't know, ambiguous, like something that's like, you know, when you just DM a girl, you're getting her attention, right? So it's mm-hmm. almost like, you know, you could slide in with almost anything that isn't communicating too much interest, and then she's going to hit you back or she's not going to hit you back. But it's like, you know, you're famous, I also you got do, money. Like, I also know. do that because I went through a really, like, like I'm fucking some scallywags. I'm not fucking, it. like, you're fucking, like, supermodels. They don't vote. I'm fucking some bitches at the bus stop, you know? So, <laughs> real talk. So, from time to time, some of these women, right, they'll come hang out with me, and, and they feel like they're getting nothing in return, okay. so they expose me. All right. So, okay, so, all right. so okay, I got to be I gotta be guarded when I'm going in there. I'm like... You make a good point. Let me rephrase. If the girl is not, like, a top-tier girl, you actually bring up a good point that I didn't even consider. If a girl's not, like, a top-tier girl and you send that heart, it's actually not bad because some of those girls, like, they need you to t- be like, because they're going to they're gonna maybe look at you and just be like, oh, this dude's out of my league or whatever, you know, not even respond. But when you send a heart to them, it's like, 
with, with a less attractive girl, it's actually not bad to be like, oh, I think you're beautiful. Because, you know, she might not hear that from a guy, you know, that's, that's, that's rich or famous or whatever, you know, very often. So that's, that's a different dynamic. So in that case, it would be different. If it was like, if you're sliding into like some Instagram models DM that gets that from every other fucking guy, then yeah, I would yeah. say be more like subtle about it, you know, and like. Just What's the one liner, man? Well, another, another reason too is like, I call this like the, the, like the Bieber example. Because, the Bieber example? Like, well, because I've seen this with him, you know what I mean? Like girls would be like, oh yeah, like. Justin tried to hook up with me and I said no. And that's like, oh. their, that's like their biggest flex. Yeah. That's like their biggest flex. It's like, bitch, please. Like, you know what I mean? Like, come on. Like, like that's not impressing anybody. But that, that to them is like, that's the feather in their fucking cap. So you don't want to be the feather in their cap. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, this dude slid in my DMs. He wants to fuck me. And then, then it's like they use that DM more to like show how cool they are. Right, but if a it's couple girls did that with Drake, they're like, "Yo, 100%. listen, oh yeah, yeah, yo, Drake tried to fuck 100%. me, but I, I said no, hundred percent." And I'm like, "Yo, that. how do you know Drake even tried to fuck?" It's me? like a different game, like at different levels. There's like different game, you know what I'm saying? So like when you're on Drake's level, you have to like you have to go way slower, you know, what I'm saying? like slower in the sense of like not communicating interest or whatever, because like so many girls that just like for them to be like, "Oh, Drake hit on me," that's like enough, you know. And I use this example of like a lot of the parties that I used to have. You know, there would be super fucking hot girls there, and there would be only, you know, like, let's say there's 300 girls and 30 guys, and, you know, and, and nobody pays attention to this girl. She's almost got to, like, hit on a dude or fuck a dude to feel validated. But if she goes to the bar or she went to that same party and all the dudes are paying attention to her, she probably wouldn't hook up with anybody and she'd go home feeling good. You know what I'm uh, saying? Yeah, so yeah. it's like, for a lot of these girls, like, that's enough. You know what I'm saying? Like, if Drake hits on them or slides in their DM, like, for them, it's like, in their mind, they'd be like, oh, well, I'm not good enough anyway, or this or that. But, like, to them, they already won. Like, to, they, to them to tell their friends, like, hey, Drake wants to fuck me, or tell a guy they're talking yeah, to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. Like, they, that's, you know. The, that's how they flex on, like, want. guys who they don't think is of Drake's status. Be like, yo, listen, you should be doing the most. Drake wants that's to fuck That's what me. I'm saying. You know what I'm saying? So you don't want to give them that straight away. Like, once you, once you hit it, then it's like, okay, like, let them fucking brag, let them talk, who cares, whatever. But, like, before you've hooked up with them, you can't give them like, oh, well, you know, this dude wanted to hook up with me or, you know, this dude slid my DMs or, you know what I'm saying? Like, turn it into that. So that's why I think, you know, the heart in some of those spots would be that to them. It'd be like, oh, look, you know, this dude wants to fuck me or, you know, whatever, right? So I think, I think if it, like I said, if it's like a regular normal girl, like yeah. girl next door, dope, cool. the shit's cool. You know what I mean? But if it's like an Instagram model, it's a different attack. You know, I've never fucked a famous girl. I, like, I, I shoot low. Yeah. I sh- like I, I've never fucked like every time I, I meet up with like you know rappers they'll be like yo which like other female rappers or whoever you fucked and I'm like damn I feel like a loser saying no I'm, I'm just fucking regular bitches yeah I mean I think but I don't even know how to approach them like it's because- more work I, you know you remind me of like a lot of my friends that are like you know rappers or whatever it's like or you know athletes or whatever they would to me I'm just like looking at this motherfucker I'm like, damn, this dude's fucking good looking. He's rich. He's famous. He's got all this shit. He's fucking this scallywag. I'm like, what the fuck, you know? <laughs> but like, I think a lot of them like, just don't give a fuck. Like, they're just like, they don't want to work at real? all. They've had it so easy that they don't want to work at all. So they're just like, fuck it. I'd rather take off, you know, ten sixes and put in the work to get two eights. I'm, you know I'm fucking like, lazy, yo. Uh, well, yeah, that's exactly uh, what it is. It's a a female celebrity invited me, invited me to. She had courtside, which was kind of a little odd because she was bagging me. She said, yo, I got courtside tickets to the game. Come with me. Because she obviously wanted to be seen, too. 
right? And I'm like, yo, she's a good look. This and third, but I'm like, this is like just too much to get the pussy. I'm like, I got two sevens ready. You I, know what I mean? I feel you, but it it's got a bigger reach than that, though. You have to think about it in the long long game theory too. Is like you being at the court with a super hot girl is gonna get you more girls down the line, though, too. You know what I'm saying? So sometimes you got to put in the work and like have that like flagship girl there, even if it's just for like a couple weeks, whatever. So then the other girls be like, oh shit, like you know what I mean? He's he's with this girl. It may, it it raises your value. Have you ever like done that? Pete Davidson. Look oh, at this shit. fucking guy. Had Pete Davidson not a fuck so many of these bad bitches, nobody would even talk about this dude. Your Ariana but Grande put him on the map. Every hot girl that's that's famous that he's fucked just keeps pumping him up. Then now it's like now this motherfucker could get any chick he wants. You know who you know? went through that? Tiger. Yeah, no, Yo, for sure. Everybody was trying to get with Tiger after he was with Kylie, just to kind of, and for them it wasn't even about Tiger. They were like, "I'm of the Kardashian yeah, ilk." Exactly. Right. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. That's what I'm saying. So it's like sometimes you know you gotta like you know take down like a like a big one, you know what I mean, a big name or whatever, just like because of the run, you know what I mean? Like because I guarantee Tiger's like you know milk that for every fucking cent it's worth, you know. Um, figuratively and literally, you know. So. No, I know. Hey, I, how, like, through all the women you slept with, how have you, like, you must be having chicks hit you up left, right, and set about pregnancy scares. Because I know you're not using condoms. No, I'm actually, dude, for like three years, I used condom every single fucking time. No way. I even jerked off with condoms. I'm telling you. What? Yes, dude. If you, I'm telling <laughs> Yo, you right stop now, it. I swear to you. The thing no, is, if you're on Cialis, listen, you must be on some other shit. There's no way you're on Cialis and you're jerking off with a condom like your dick is numb. I'm telling you're literally you, just I'm rubbing like you, a. If you never fuck without it, you don't know, and then you become more sensitive. It's like a blind guy; he can hear better. You know what I'm saying? Because like you know, he's got to fucking use his ears. Well, it's like you know when you're when you're fucking with a condom, it's like you need every like piece of sensitivity, and it's all relative too. It's like if you are thinking like this doesn't feel as good as it should, or man, I want to take this condom off because it'll feel better. Like if you, if those thoughts are going through your mind, you're already like you know one step towards fucking losing. You know? But but you got to be all all the way in one direction. Like for example, say you have. That like a solid girl who you fuck with every like every week, right? Yeah. And you fuck her wrong, but you fuck the other girls with oh, condoms. No, no, that does not it, work. Well, yeah, it doesn't I mean, work. It can, it can work. Let, just me, not let, feels me, good. let me take that yeah. back. It can work because the new ones are new and it's like new pussy, right? So it's like you could do it with like one, but it's much much better if you just wear them all the time. But if you got a main and you're hitting that raw, it'll actually make you fuck less. It makes me fuck less girls. If I'm hitting my main raw, then it's like, okay, yeah, I could fuck this girl, but I got to wear a condom and it's like, it's not going to feel as good. You know, it's just like that shit's going through your yeah, head. You be know? honest. Are, are you the guy, because I ain't going to lie to you. These days, women don't even ask condoms. They're just hopping on the dick. So you're like, hold on. You're not telling him, hold on. Oh, I, You're bricked up. I just have it. I just have, like, it's, it's, it's like a gun, man. I have a gun on my bedside. I got the guns in my car. And then I got the gun, you know what I'm saying? I got, like, it's just, I got the con in my wallet. I got it on the bedside. I got it everywhere. Every room in my house. Every guest room you go in this motherfucker, there's condoms in the fucking dresser. If you're in a, it ain't if, for my guests. If you're in a crazy orgy. <laughs> they're all fucking women. If, if, if you're in a crazy orgy, one condom for them all mm -mm. or switch it up? I'm switching... Just because, like, usually I'm, like, a repeat offender. So I'm not usually <laughs> the type that, like, just fucks a girl and then, like, never fucks her again. Like, I'll I'll be hitting it for years a lot of times. Brother, I've been saying? trying to find the same girl twice on Instagram. I rarely see it, bro. 
but like they come back, like they get a boyfriend and they come back and it's this whole thing. And then like, if you haven't fucked a chick in two years, it's almost like fucking a new chick. I mean, I, I legitimately forget what it's like to hook up with some of these chicks. And then a I refurbished pussy right there. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. like, and then certified you know, pre-owned. I ain't yeah, gonna lie. To me, it's like, I don't mind it at all. So I don't want them to get BV. Like I don't, you know, if I'm fucking, you know, sticking my dick in a bunch of different girls, even condom or no, like the different bacteria are, you know, it's going to, it can, it's not guaranteed, but it can fuck them up. And their pussy smells, you know what I mean? Then you don't fuck They're going to blame it on you. Are, are these women usually monogamous or they have their boyfriends like on the side? Because I prefer if, a, like, well, there was a time, I take that back. There was a time when I preferred if a girl had a boyfriend because then it was like, I felt like she was fucking less dude. We didn't really touch on the poker stuff, right? Um, number one, I, I'm, I'm, I have like a huge gambling problem. And really, because I, mentally, I think I'm always going to win. And it somehow brings me back. It's funny, man. I'm not talking about this to people. Like, the worst thing you could have when you're gambling is yeah. to have that initial fucking big win. Because then it's like, that's what you expect. You know what I mean? Like, when, when a guy comes into a casino, it's funny because a lot of people think the casino doesn't want him to win. The casino wants him to win. The casino wants him to win that first time because they'll come back. They'll come back for years and years and years chasing that fucking win. But if they come in there three or four times and lose every time, they're just like, they're cured of it, you know? So that, like, that big win is what, what hooks you, you know? That's kind of like, and then it's like the intermittent positive reinforcement. It's like, it's like they had a study where the, the mouse, he went up to the thing and he got, you know, he got the food or he got the, the drug or whatever it was they were giving this mouse, and every time he hit it, he got the drug, and then once he stopped getting the drug, he came back, didn't get it, didn't get it, didn't get it, and then after, like, four times, he quit. But then there was another one where the mouse would come up, he'd get the drug, two, three times he wouldn't get it, and then he'd get it, and then he'd get it the next one, and then he'd go four or five times without getting it, and then he'd get it, and it's, and it's called intermittent positive reinforcement. And that mouse would just keep fucking coming. When they cut off that mouse, that mouse would come to that fucking thing like a hundred times. Whereas the other mouse that got it every single time, and then it just got cut off, he left after like three or four. So when it's like intermittent, you don't know when it's coming, They'll keep fucking coming. And that mouse is like those fucking chicks pulling those fucking dollar slots over and over and over again. Hey, I stopped gambling. Oh, fuck. I, I stopped gambling. Uh, well, uh, I'm, I'm an idiot, so I, I gamble online. Like that is, I'm sitting at the crib just like fucking just loaded straight from the bank account. I'm gambling online. I'm like, I'm done because I'm losing a lot. Uh, they basically hit me up. They're like, yo, we're flying you out. We got your Super Bowl tickets. They're like, you're, you're one of the, like, I'm gambling on FanDuel. They're like, yo, we're about to. Do, do all this stuff for you. They're like, yo, matter of fact, also 20000 in your account. Go ahead. <laughs> Twenty grand. i am like, yo, here's the problem. I always run through that, and, and I always tell myself, no more deposits. Back in 60. Like, you know what I mean? And yeah. I don't know, man. It's one of those things. So when, when I read about stories of anyone being successful in gambling at all, right, I usually say, Number one, it gives me hope because I'm like, I'm like the, that little mouse who, who just needs to come <laughs> yeah, back. But I'm wondering how, how have you dealt with, like, you know what I mean, you know, whether it was poker or just anything to deal with, you know, like kind of casino games or whatever. Well, they're very different. So poker is a very different animal than casino games. Poker, if you're good, you're supposed to win. Like for me, it was a job. Like I would go in, I would fucking play, and you would have bad nights, you'd have bad weeks, sometimes you'd have a bad month. But you knew if you put in enough time and you're playing against players that aren't as good as you, you're going to fucking win the money. You go to the casino, the longer you play, the more of a guarantee it is that you're going to fucking lose. Unless you're card counting, which is not even a thing anymore because, you know. They're playing they, six, eight decks now and, and random shuffles. They know the count all the time. So if you're placing the big bets when the count is good, they'll pick that up, like, fucking immediately. Like, they'll let you lose, 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 lose. And then 
all of a sudden, a lot of times, guys will get kicked out of casinos net losers. So they'll let you lose fucking 500000 and then when you're 300000 on the way back up, they'll kick you the fuck out if they know that you're betting big when the deck is, you know, a positive shoe or whatever, right? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. They know. They know at all times on all these fucking, you know, big uh, big bet tables, like, what the count is. So if, if you're coming in and you're firing when the count is right and you're not firing when the count is wrong, it's all, they're going to kick you out. So it's like it's, you can't beat I've, the I've, 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 I've tried to, like, car count and like you know, I'm a math major. Like that's what I went to school for. And I'm not gonna like in the casino. I can't do it in a casino setting. It would have to be because drinks come up. You gotta have, you gotta be sit there laser focused. Count coming up. You gotta have some conversation. Where you look like a weirdo. Well, you have to have a partner. You can't do yeah, it yeah, solo yeah. because in order to truly take the the benefit of the card count, what it is is like it's the entire if, table. If it, let's say it's just you. If it's just you at the table, in order to maximize your advantage, which by the way isn't even that much. But it's you know it's it's it's, it's like one point five percent. It's a percentage point. point. Yeah. Like it's but it's not a ton. But it, you are a favorite if you do it right. However, in order to get that full benefit, you're betting a hundred dollars, a hundred dollars, a hundred dollars, hundred dollars, hundred dollars. All of a sudden, the shoe is positive. You're betting ten thousand, ten thousand, ten thousand. You know what I'm saying? So it's so fucking obvious if you do it right. So what you have to have is you have to have a spotter. The spotter's watching the table, is watching the count, calls you over. He says, "Okay, this table's hot." You go in there, you bet the max, bet the max, bet the max. That happens. People go into tables and they bet the max, right? So, like, that's far less obvious. But if you're doing it by yourself, then... Yeah, they're going to see your bet fluctuate Right, too exactly. Much. So, if you're not fluctuating your bet, you're not taking, you know, advantage of the, you know, the, the, the counting. So, it's one of those things where it's so fucking obvious unless you really have a very complex system and you've got multiple people working. And even then, they're just, dude, this is their job. You know what I mean? They, they're spent, you know... Like, dude, they they figured this out like 20, 30 years ago. Now the cameras are perfect. They got the counts. Like, so yeah, there's too many just bad players, right? Like the average recreational player is firing when the count's bad all the time. He's splitting when he's not supposed to split. He's not hitting. So like their their edge, if you're doing everything correctly and not counting, is like a percent, two percent, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. But these guys that split fucking, you know, like. Tens and shit, and do and you know, and double when they're not supposed to double, and don't hit fucking you know, double like, on seven. <laughs> yeah, and they don't hit a twelve against the fucking dealer ace, and you know, shit like that. Like they're just making big mistakes, and if you extrapolate that out, like they're just a big dog, right? So like those are the people the casino cares about, not the guy that comes in there and let's say he doesn't even count, but he just plays perfect. Like they don't really care as much about that guy unless he puts in crazy hours, right? So, like, they want the suckers, and there's, like, some droolers. There's guys that come in there and just, like, fucking can't win. And that's, you know, what builds the casino. So, anyways, look, I, I got off on a tangent, but the point is, like, poker's very different than... than is it psychology with poker? Well, with poker, it's, it's, it's math, it's understanding people, it's, it's, it's just understanding the game. I mean, poker is so much more complex than what people understand just watching, you know, on the surface of it. On the surface of it, it's like, oh, he's looking for tells, he's, you know, betting big when he thinks the guy is weak. No, it's like it's way, way deeper than that. You're putting that opponent on, like, hand ranges. You're thinking, what does he think that, you know, I have? What does he think that I think that he has, like... You know, what level are we at with the bluffing? How does he react when he's, you know, losing? Like, you know, what's he going to do with his range in this situation? Like, what percentage of the time is he going to show up here with his top, you know, piece of his range? And, like, you know, what range am I supposed to have because of how this hand's played? Like, there's so many different levels to, like, the thought process that, like, you know, like, there's going to be spots where it's like this guy's just never going to have 
let, let's say let's say the board comes down and there's three to a straight and he's fucking bombing it and then the and then the flush card hits and he's bombing it you know and now the board pairs and he's bombing it it's like what hand is this guy representing if he if he's got two pair or if he's got a set he's probably not going to be bombing on the flush card he's probably not going to be bombing on the straight board so like there's times when like the guy's betting line just doesn't make sense right and so then you'll just you'll call him because you know it just doesn't make sense for this guy to be betting and then you know sure enough a lot of times you know, amateurs will show up with a bluff in that spot and they won't understand how the pro picked them off. It's like the guy called me with one pair and there's a flush on the board and there's a straight possibility and there's all this shit. And it's like, yeah, but like, I just didn't think you, you like, you couldn't have had a big hand the whole way through. Cause like what was good changed and you bet strong the whole way. So like your hand doesn't make sense. You know, yeah. that's just a, you know, crude example of, you know, a betting line that wouldn't make sense. But the point that I'm making is that poker is like, very very complex if you really kind of like dive into it and now it's like a solved game so they've like they figured out like what the correct bet is in every spot like what you know what percentage of the time you should be bluffing like it's all like basically like you know a solved game much like chess or backgammon or whatever where there's just a correct move in these spots and so what's the biggest win you've ever gotten um 12.7 or 12.8 million in one night do they pay you out in cash, or do they give you, like, no, a check? all checks, yeah. That, really? That'd be a lot of cash, dude. I don't know if you've ever... This ain't the movie. This guy, like, this guy oh, showed me somebody on Instagram. Who's that guy on Instagram? Mm-hmm. It's some Baccarat king, and, like, like he's oh, posted... Oh, that's different. A casino will pay you cash. They will pay you a lot of motherfucking cash. Like, But this was not a casino win. Okay, this okay. was a guy's house, you know what I mean? Uh. But still, like, dude, I don't think, like, the fucking normal person understands... What twelve point eight million dollars in cash looks like? I mean, that's like covered this whole fucking poker. Like you couldn't carry that out of here yourself. It's a lot of fucking money. Yeah, like you, that wouldn't fit in any duffel bag. Like you couldn't physically carry that. You know what I mean? Like that's like a surreal experience. Twelve point shit. I would have my security. I need security walking out of that building. I mean, you'd need something. You'd need a fucking <laughs> dolly or some kind of cart. Or, you know, because I mean? you ain't carrying. I'm just saying, like, it's. You know, you watch it in the movies where, like, some guy would open up a briefcase and it's a million dollars. It's like, motherfucker, the most you fit in that briefcase like, 200 grand. Like, you know, it, when you start, like, actually, like, playing with money and, you know, like, yeah, you're betting it, it yeah. in the casino and you're chucking in a fucking brick of 100000 like, you start to understand the size and dimensions of this shit. You realize, like, when these movies are just so fucking far off, you know. Uh, and, uh, how, what about your biggest loss? $3.6 million, And I've lost it three times, which is strange. How sick were you? Um, it's like a good... <clears throat> Like, yeah, it's weird, man. Like, like one of the times I definitely felt like I got kicked in the fucking gut for sure. Um, but then there was other times when I, when like smaller losses bothered me more. Like there was a time when I was up like a few million dollars and I blew that and then ended up like losing like 600,000. I was way more pissed about that than I was when I just lost a three, six straight Sometimes when you're like a big winner and then you come back and even even sometimes you'll win. You'll walk away from the table up a hundred grand, but you were up like six million. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like the worst, man. That's like that feeling is like the worst shit. because um, yeah, so with everything you've done, like, right? Um, because obviously you're you've also turned into pretty much a just you're just running a company at this point. You know what I mean? Like and I mean we see Ignite all over the place. Um how hard has it been, like, separating, for example, how you, really, how you party, how you have fun, how you gamble, poker, all that stuff, with also, like, okay, well, this is a company now, and K 
can't really take much risks. You got to be kind of straight edge. How do you deal with that? Well, the partying slowed down a lot. I would say in like, I don't know, 2017-ish. I, I, I always tell people this. Like the craziest years for me were like 2014 to like 2016. Like when, you know, like my initial rise to fame was probably when we were going the hardest. Like, Granted, like, when I did the Ignite parties, those were fucking, like, over the top and nuts. And you got three 3,000 girls and, you know, fucking, you know, 80 guys with machine guns fucking standing guard in this fucking $8 that, million dollar house. And, you know, that's, like, obviously crazy. That reminds me of Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah, it was 100%. Right? It was, like, on another level of, like, Wolf of Wall Street on a different level of, like, Playboy Mansion. This was, like, the craziest you could get throwing a party. But my lifestyle at the time... I wasn't getting, like, I would just get high every day. I would fuck a bunch of hot girls and I would work out. Like, that to me is not crazy. Like, back in 2015 and 16, you know, we had all these girls on yachts. I'm, like, hosting clubs and fucking girls in the bathroom. We're going back to the hotel. There's, like, a line of chicks. Like, you know, there's, like, literally, like, a line of girls in the hotel waiting to fuck me. Like, that to me is crazy, right? I'm on fucking GHB. I'm fucked up. Like, I'm doing quaaludes. Like, that was a wild time. You know what I mean? Like, getting high every day and just fucking models and working out it's like that to me is not crazy on the outside like guys would look at it as like aspirational like i want to get high and fuck bad bitches and work out you know <laughs> like that's cool it's cool it's fun i think that's what i wanted to do at the time but the craziness like i said like 14 15 16 is that what your instagram grew yeah i mean like i, I would say like 2014 is when i like that was a that was a turning point when i was like oh shit like i'm actually like famous it was weird i was like can and, like, people were just coming up to me, like, asking me for photos. And, you know, like, I got Justin Bieber laid. And I'm, like, Rick Ross asked me for a picture. It was, like, you know, that to me was, like, oh, shit. Like, this is a fucking real thing. Because, like, I didn't really leave my house a lot, you know. So that was, like, the first time when it was, like, oh, damn. This is, like. A Bieber laid? Yeah, like, on my boat. Yeah. Like, yeah. Wait, wait, wait. How, how, did you, like, it's, like, alley-oop? Or, like, he's just on the boat and he does the work himself? No, like, I just, like, I was, like, hey, like, you know, what do you think of this chick? Like, you know, he's, like, oh, she's hot. I was, like, I told the chick to go up to my room. And I was, like, yeah, meet her in my room. She's ready to go. It was, like, you know, that was, like, it was, like, nothing crazy. <laughs> but I, I, that's good. Motherfucker late, bro. Like, say what you want. That was, like. No, no. I mean, that was, that's exactly. That shit, that I mean, you, you can't list, do anything you know? else. Like, God damn. Yeah, I mean, that was, like, that was a big bragging thing for me. I was, like, oh, shit. Like, I got the boy late. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, this dude's getting, you know, probably getting all the chicks and whatever. But I, the, the point was, that was when it, like, became real. It was, like, like I said, Rick Ross came up to me and asked me for a photo. It's, like, that motherfucker, I was, like, listening to his music working out. When I, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. So that was, that was crazy. And uh, it was, just, like I said, just people were, you know, coming up to me. And I was, like, you know, at the time, I was, like, I fucked 14 chicks in 12 days. And, like, one of the girls I hooked up with, I didn't even say a word to. Like, she was just staring at me. Uh, we were on my boat, and she was, like, or this boat we rented, and she was, like, at the bar just staring at me, and I, I was, like, f I'd already fucked, like, two or three times that day. I was, like, didn't really care. I had a chick on the couch. was ready to go, so I was, like, just wanted to see if I could do it. So I just, like, went I was, like, staring at her back, and I, like, went over, grabbed her by the hand, let her out to my room. No and, words. Like, we started, no words. We started hooking up, and I was, like, she said something, and I, like, wanted to respond, but I was, like, I just want to see if I could do it, you know? And sure enough, like, <laughs> until I was done fucking, I didn't say one single word, you know? And I was like, that was, to me, I thought that was... Don't tell me the only words you said to her was, get out. No, 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 I'm never, I'm, I'm never a dick after. I was, I was happy, man. I was like, it was good pussy, and I was like, I was fucked up, I was stoked. But Do you miss those times? I mean, I still do shit like well, well, that. Well, I, not like, but, but, not, but, not, not the fucked up part, you know what I mean? Like, not the part where... 
Like, I'm fucked up on quaaludes. I'm passing out in my movie theater, and I wake up to three chicks sucking my dick, and all these chicks are running the house in the ecstasy, and everybody's fucked up. You know what I mean? Like, that, to me, that's a crazy thing. Like, just getting high and having sex is like, that's been my life for fucking 10 years now. It's like, that's if it wasn't like that, I'd be like, wait, what's going on? It's weird. You know what's so funny? They, they draw a parallel between you and, um, actually, he's locked up now, Andrew Taint. And yeah. you guys actually linked up, mm-hmm. right? And, um... I think the difference with him is that he's put it into more of a practical theory where guys can follow. Because I think dudes look at you and be like, yo, I don't have a fucking yacht. I don't have these things. I'm not this rich. And I can't find, like, I can't find these bitches. Like, these chicks are not just walking down the street. So what, when they look at your lifestyle, it's a little bit more unattainable. He's kind of, like, his lifestyle is unattainable, too, to a certain extent. But he's giving you, a t- he's giving you tips on how to get there, in a yeah, way. Yeah, well, we're, we're definitely different, for sure. Um, I actually, they, they did just, I think, come out with a bunch of texts where, like, the chicks that had, like, said that he raped them or whatever the, it, whatever the allegations were, <laughs> apparently it's all bullshit. Like, they, like they have the, the combo. So I don't know. He should be. Getting out? I don't know. I don't really know it, the situation. With it's so weird because, you know, it's Romania. Like, we, I, like imagine getting locked up over here when they're like, we're just going to lock you up, then we're going to go find the evidence. No, it's That's just crazy, right? Well, it's crazy. But, you know, to be honest, man, it, it happens like that in the U.S. too. It's like really? we're supposed to be innocent until proven guilty. But, dude, when I blew up that semi-truck in the fucking desert and they arrested me at LAX... Like, I, if I hadn't, you know, had a good lawyer to get me out on, on fucking bail, like, I would have been in jail. They would have put me in jail there. Then they would have um, sent me on a bus, or not a bus, but a van to Vegas to then, you know, await trial. It would have been, like, weeks I would have been in jail, locked up. And also, even as it was, when I got out on bail, I had to post some crazy bail. And then I still, I couldn't buy guns. I couldn't own guns. I could like, they took me off my FFL. I was a cop at the time. I couldn't fucking do any cop shit. Like, I was, like out out from everything and i hadn't been charged like i'd been charged but i didn't been convicted with shit and i ended up getting fucking convicted of like failure to extinguish a campfire right and i'd pay a fine because i well, you couldn't fucking- buy guns after that shit no dude like you like the moment like some they terrorist charge, charge you, they that's gave what i'm saying the moment they charge you guilty innocent whatever you are assumed to be fucking guilty. If you weren't assumed to be guilty, then you could leave the country, you could buy guns, you could do, operate the same way you do fucking normally. But obviously, they infer your guilt from the charge because they don't let you buy guns. To my point, like you're supposed to be innocent until proven yeah, guilty, yeah, yeah, but you're yeah. not. You're not here, you're not there, you're not fucking anywhere. So, And then the press, you know what I mean? Once the press runs with it, then it's like, oh, everybody's like, oh, he's a fucking criminal, this and that. So it's just, the system's definitely way more fucked up than people think. But anyways, back to the, the take question, you know, he, he was doing like, he was just, it was just, our lives have been obviously very different. He was like a kickboxer. Um, and then he was like running some cam girls and he had a cam service. And then I think he went on to do, um, like the hustle like, universally. Yeah. Like yeah. basically a, like a, you know, like of course, like exactly. teaching people how to make some money, self-help, whatever yeah, yeah, the yeah. fuck that is. So, and I don't, I mean, I, I think he got girls, but it wasn't like what I was, you know, I was fucking going crazy, right? Like, I, I had chicks fucking every which way to Sunday. I, I think he had girls, but it was definitely not like the way I was yeah, doing Yeah, no, so I, I, you were rounding them up, man. Yeah, well, he, yeah. So What's we, the biggest orgy you had? Uh, nine girls and me. Yo, I heard you breaking down the perfect count of how many women. <laughs> You're like, yo, you, 
Two isn't a good amount. Oh, yeah, for a vacation, no. It goes back to dynamics, right? You need three girls that you've hooked up with before because then you can just focus on them, hook up with them for the first couple days, and then the the other girls, they they become curious, they become jealous, this whole fucking thing, and then by the end, it's like they're fighting to hook up with you. If you go on a vacation with eight or nine girls that you've never hooked up with before, if, you know, they start deciding like oh we don't want to hook up with them or like the baddest chick you know there's always like a pecking order the girl that has the most followers has the yeah yeah she's kind of running the herd right so if she decides that she doesn't want to fuck you then the other girls won't it's this whole weird thing where it can just shift versus if you bring three girls you've already hooked up with you're hooking up with them if the other girls don't hook up with you like you don't give a fuck it never happens like they all the other girls always want to hook up but like if they don't i don't give a should you be the only guy there yeah, yeah. I mean, I have my camera guy, you know, my boy Jay, who, uh, you know. I really yeah, one versus nine is like, yo, I'm the only dick in town. Yeah, that's <laughs> like, exactly <laughs> it, right? And so, and it would be the same way when I went to nightclubs. I would never go out to, uh, to a nightclub without at least, you know, two or three girls I was dating or whatever. So you'd bring, you'd bring the, the fish to the ocean. I would bring a bunch, and then we would leave the club with 20, 30 girls. We'd clear the club out. Fuck, I remember there's time. We'd leave the club. We, we didn't leave the club with any hot chicks. There was, like, literally, like, no hot chicks. The owner of the club was, like, happy to see me come, but he was, like, always scared when I would leave because, like, I would bring all the chicks. Yeah, yeah. Just, like, fucking, like, a sea of dudes, you know? Um, but... Yeah, it was like a weird thing. And then it's like there's so many girls. Like, the girls are all always, like, feel comfortable. It's like there's 30 girls here. Like, you know what I mean? Like, if they're coming home with just you, they got to decide in that moment. Like, do I want to fuck this guy? Like, you know, there's, like, all these things. Like, 30 girls. Like, can I fuck this guy? It's a different thought process, you know? You know what's so funny? Because and, and what you're just talking about, that's kind of like just game, right? Like, this, this is game and just psychology. Yeah. They, they try to flip that, like, you know, even on the Andrew Tate stuff, right? They try to flip that because apparently, you know, he he had a uh, one of his girlfriends who used to like talk to girls and be like, "Hey, listen, you want to come have a good time, whatever." And they're like, "Oh no, that's recruiting. That's like human trafficking," and, and and it becomes like a really fine line. You know, when it came to like say you, right? There was a time when I remember seeing a lot of bad press. Like everybody was just coming out with things. Did you ever think that? What usually happens after this, and I remember Tate saying it, what usually happens after this is they're going to try to lock you up or they're, yeah. they're going to try to arrest you somehow. Man, I've been having bad press since the jump, you know what I mean? And I've never really, like, strayed from it. Um, but I've never, you know, fucking had a single girl make up any shit, nothing. Like, not one fucking time. And, you know, I don't know anybody else that can say that, really. I mean... So, but I just had a very, like, different approach with it. Like I said, I would never, like, be aggressive with the girls. I would never come at them. Like, it was always, like, you know, and, and, and my, my people would tell them, like, look, you want to fuck Dan, you got to, like, go after him. He's not going to hit on you. Like, he's not going to, like, chase you. Like, if you want to go up with Dan, you got to go after Dan. Like, he has to, like, see that you're into him. That's like, And it's true. Like, I'm not into girls that aren't, like, really into me. So, so, so if, s- if you bring a girl on a yacht to the south of France yeah, and, you know, like, you, you've been eyeing her and whatever, and she's on your yacht. And she's like, I'm not fucking him. Like, you're like, cool, whatever. It doesn't matter. I mean, well, there's there's two situations on that yacht. There's one situation where I'm with a girl that I'm seriously dating. And then it's like, then if we bring other girls, it's whatever. It's just, you know, like, I, I don't really give a shit. Or it's like a girl trip where it's a fucking shitload of girls. And then like, you know, three or four girls that I'm dating. And, you know, and if it's the three or four girls that I'm dating, then I, like, focus on them, you know. And the other girls come. Like, they're just, they're, they're drinking all day. They're going to get horny. They're going to, you know, they're going to want to fuck you. So it's like, you know, you just wait till they do. And if they don't, then they don't. Like, there's definitely been times when I've been on trips and been like, oh, that chick's fucking bad as shit. 
never fucked her. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't happen often, but it's sometimes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and, and but even if I really, really want to fuck her, I'll still never hit on her. Like, I might talk really? to her. Really? Yeah, I might talk to her. I might have a conversation with her at most. You know what I mean? But I, I'm never like, oh, I think you're beautiful. Or, you know, like, oh, I could make you famous. Or just none of that shit. None of it ever. Fucking ever. Um, like, I just don't do it. I refuse to fucking do it. I refuse to, like put myself in a situation where I'm chasing after a fucking girl because I don't like the dynamic. I don't like how it ends after that. I don't like the relationship that it builds. You know what I mean? The foundation of that. I don't like any of that shit. Where, like, you're chasing and she's kind of, like, got you. I just refuse to fall into that. I guess I'm, like, too much of a control freak. I just, like, would never want to be in a spot where, like, I don't know, I wasn't in a position of power. Like, I want the girl to be coming after me. If she's not chasing me, she's not into me enough, and I'm over it. That's just kind of, like... Any drama? Oh, yeah, with the girls, for yeah, sure. Well, I mean, well, well what, whether their boyfriends are like, yo, yo, bro, like, fucking, like, I can't see my girl. You just keep fucking her. Or or the girls are just catty with each other, fighting each other. Like, yo, you, in my experience, anything over two to three girls, they're starting to fight. Cattiness gets, yo, she's getting preferential treatment. She's talking shit. She's looking at me a certain type of way. Women hate other women company. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely... I mean, I'd be lying if I said there wasn't some, like, girl-to-girl girl girl drama. That's definitely happens here or there. But I think, like... And the boyfriend thing, it's funny, man. I was, uh, you know, my, my camera guy and I, we'd always joke about this because it was, like, Groundhog Day with these girls where they would come on the trip, the boyfriend would be like, you're such a fucking whore. Like, I can't believe this. Like, you're such a piece of shit. Like, just... Are you offering them money? Like, that? are you offering them money? Like, yo, you come through 20000 Oh, no. Like... Fuck no, no. So, so all they know is, yo, free trip. Yeah, well, free trip. I mean, like, you know, there's, like, you know, a lot of them got exposure. They'd be on the Ignite model page, the Ignite page. Other girls would shout them out. They're on a yacht. Like, you know, I mean, there's, like, you know, I mean, there was cool things that came with it, you know, but it was never like, oh, I'm going to pay you 20 grand to come on a trip. Yeah, that's wild if they're telling their boyfriend, I'm going on a trip with the guy who's probably going to be slanging cock. Buddy, they did it for 40 years of Playboy. You know what I mean? Like, it's no, no different, you know? like That is true. No different, but they, well, I think they got paid though. I think the Playboy girls got. If you were a the playmate, playmate, if you're a playmate, which there's twelve of them a year, you get twenty five thousand dollars, and you had to show up to all this fucking shit. They own the rights to all your naked images. They could put you on their fucking cyber website, all their shit, hoe you out on every fucking possible thing. At twenty five grand, you pay taxes on that. It was like, and you like, it, dude, it was not a good deal. The only good deal of being a playmate was that then you got to say that you're a playmate and you got $1,000 per shoot after that. Like, you got higher, like, booking fees. But aside from that, like, the actual pay from Playboy was shit. But anyways, with the boyfriend thing, it was funny because we would watch this cycle where, like, the guy would call him every name in the book. You're a fucking whore. You're a piece of shit, blah, blah, blah. And then it would be, like, around, like, three or day three or four, they would break and then they would, like, text them, like, hey, like, how you doing? Like, whatever. And then, like, by, like, day five. So they're, they're showing like, you these messages. Oh, yeah. While was, you're deep bro, in the guts. It like, was it, brutal. It was brutal as shit damn. that I've seen. Like, and, so, <laughs> and then by, like, day five, it's, like, flowers, like, marriage proposals. Like, I've seen more, like, I, like what was that fucking, uh, what, was that, what was that movie? Was it, it was Good Luck Chuck? Or, I forget what it was. But there was, like, some movie where, like, they would hire a guy to go after a girl because then after the next 
guy that the girl got with after that they would always get married to or whatever. Yeah. Um, what well, it was like that. Like, I felt like when girls would come on these trips, they were way more likely to get married to their boyfriend or their boyfriend would, like, take them seriously or they'd move in or, like, whatever it was because it was like... What do you call that? Because I, I completely understand what you're saying. So, at first, like, dudes rejected her, but later on, they viscerally want them more. Because in their mind, it's, it's like my friend. He's a dating coach, and he has these guys, and these guys who get on there and they talk about, like, oh, this girl's such a piece of shit, and she did this and she did this the call would always end no matter how fucking bad it was how do i get her back <laughs> like every fucking time right yeah so like because they get so mad in their mind they'd be like oh well sh-. and this happens for girls too they'd be like oh well shit i must like this fucking guy or the, for the guy i must like this girl a lot because i can't get her off of my mind i can't stop thinking about her she's driving me fucking crazy i can't sleep at night i must be in love with her you know, whatever, they work through their shit and what they end up with, where they land is, I have to be in love with this fucking girl or else she would not be occupying this much fucking real estate in my mind, right? So, like, then it's like, how do we get her back? How do we lock her down? And there's, like, a part of it is, like, oh, my God, like, I could lose this girl. Maybe I can't do better. You know, if Dan thinks she's hot, you know, fuck, she must be a bad bitch. Like, there's all these things, right? But, like, at the end of the day, they're just like, oh, fuck. You know, and this comes down to a lot of relationships. Like, I feel like a lot of reasons that guys stay in relationships is because they don't feel like they can do better or they're scared to go out and, like, fucking hunt. You know, like, I think that's really, like, at the end... Oh, shit, I got to fucking roll. But I think that's, like, at the end of the day, really, like, the, the premise of it is, like, people are scared of the unknown. They're, like, they're, they're, they're creatures of comfort. In fact, I think this, like, whole generation of people has gotten, like, way too addicted to comfort. And I think that's, like, really why everybody's so fucking soft nowadays. We've gotten addicted to comfort. And being addicted to comfort, you stay in relationships, you stay at a shitty job, you stay fucking doing shit you're not supposed to do because you just are afraid of change. Um, two last things before we get out of here. Um, love. You know, you would be the perfect person to, to kind of speak about that. Granted that you've probably fucked every size, shape, look type of girl possible how do you know when you you actually feel love or you feel something that's different than okay this is a hot girl i'm banging um you know it's funny looks don't play as much of a role obviously i have to be attractive to the girl but take that out of the equation the girls that i've seriously dated a lot of them weren't necessarily the hottest girls that i've dated or, or, or that i've hooked up with or whatever a lot of times i mean there's a lot that goes into it for me to date a girl it's like okay I have to have a mental connection with her. Like, I have to be able to spend a decent amount of time with her without getting bored. Um, I have to not feel the need to go fucking a bunch of other girls. I have to not get tired of having sex with her. Um, you know, she has to stimulate me mentally in certain ways. Like, you know what I mean? To, like, be serious about a girl, I got a big checklist, you know? And, and looks is like, I mean, it's, obvious, it's like a precursor, you know what I mean? It's like the door's not going to get opened unless she's hot. But there's... Fucking no chance. I don't care how hot the girl was that I would date a girl just based on looks. Like, no fucking way. Like, looks are, you know, they're just, I don't know, man. It's, it's, it's such a non-important piece of, like, a serious relationship. Like, you have to be attractive, but, like, that can't be the only thing. And I see a lot of people in relationships strictly because, like, oh, this girl's fucking hot. I can't get better. So do you believe in soulmates or no? Um, yeah, I mean, I... Yeah, I mean, I look, I believe in relationships. Like, I believe in love. I mean, I'm not, like, you know, uh, against all that stuff. It's just, like, I also surround myself, I think, with women that 
um, you know, are in the modeling industry and they're younger and this and that. So it's like, I, it's harder for me to like mentally connect with somebody that's, you know, like has, we have a fucking big age gap. You know, we can have good sex and whatever, but like, am I going to want to just hang out with this? Girl? Leo does it. What yeah. you think going on with my boy Leo, man? Leo's well, not dating over 25, man. But he's also hooking up with a lot of girls, too, you know? So I don't, I don't think he's, like, necessarily monogamously dating. I actually think it's... Uh, I actually think his situation is funny. It's, like, coming from me, it's very strange. It is a little odd. Like, if I was him, I would probably want to date older and fuck younger. Why? That's interesting. Because when you're dating a girl, like, you know, you like if they haven't been on this earth for at least, like, I don't know, man, like <laughs> 28, 29 years, it's, like, hard to, like, mentally relate to them. Like, it's hard for them to, like, really have much to offer in way of, like, a conversation or, like, unique life experience or whatever. Like, you just get bored. And, like, also, there's just such a fucking generational gap, too. Um, like, this new generation is so fucking pathetic. Um, what do you usually t- – say so if you have a girl in her 20s – like, what do you even, like, try to connect on? Is it just the experience you guys are having or, like, you know what I mean? More like like physical stuff, like, um, you know, working out or mountain biking or, you know, fucking playing cards or, you know, video games or fucking around. You know, what? like, just, you know, wake surfing. It's like if she has similar interests, then we could go do those things with also my friends. And, you know, like, I, I mean, I like the couples vacation. I like to free dive. I like to surf. I like to do shit like that. So... You know, I, I pre- I'd actually prefer a vacation where I'm hanging out with my buddies and the girls are hanging out with, you know, the, like the girlfriends are all hanging out with each other and we're doing our shit. And then at night, you know, we can get high and, you know, fucking play some cards and I can have sex and go to bed and wake up and, you know, fucking go train and do shit that I want to do. Um, as opposed to a vacation where it's just a bunch of girls where I'm just getting fucked up and smoking weed and fucking all day. I mean, it's fun, too. But I would prefer to be like doing shit, you know, that's active and hanging out with my boys than I would hanging out with a bunch of girls. But it doesn't really, the dynamic doesn't work to hang out with a bunch of my buddies and then a flock of seagulls. Like, yeah. it's, it, like it has to be like buddies that have wives or girlfriends yeah, yeah. that bring them or else they're just so distracted by all this pussy running around that you can't really like even do the shit that you want to do because they just like, they can't even focus. Their brain's like, I've tried it, you know, like their brains can't handle it, you know? So. Yeah, I mean... What would you say is probably the, and I, I know we definitely got to go, but the wildest, wildest night that you may regret? I may regret? Yeah. I know you have a lot of memorable nights, but. Fuck. I mean, I don't really have too much. I guess the only time I would regret something is if, like, there was, like, a negative long-term impact from it. Um, yeah, I'd fuck. I don't know. I mean. I don't know. I, like I said, I don't have too many regrets just because, you know, like looking back, like the SEAL thing, like that, like going through SEAL training and getting kicked out a day before graduation literally was the worst possible thing I thought could happen to me. But it and probably it turned helps out you. to be probably the best thing that happened to me, right? So it's like, I don't look back on my life with very many regrets because until the whole thing's fucking played out, until it's all done, you don't really know what was actually good or bad. You know at the time if you felt like something was bad or good, but in the grand scheme of things, many things that I thought were good or thought were bad ended up to be the fucking total opposite. You know, like, fuck, man, if you went to jail tomorrow for two fucking years, you know, you'd probably for a while think that was the worst fucking thing that ever happened to you. But what if that saved you from fucking, you know, like getting a massive lawsuit and losing all your money and the whole rest of your life was fucked up or 
who knows, right? Like, if it stopped you from fucking getting AIDS, or I don't know. You know what I mean? You just don't fucking know. Or, like, maybe that, like, you know, maybe then you go to jail for fucking two years and you fucking learn a new skill, or your mindset changes and your whole fucking life trajectory changes and you're infinitely happier, you know? Like, then it's a good thing, right? But you don't know until, like, it plays out, right? So, I don't, I don't know, man. I don't really have too many regrets that I can think of, to be honest. Would you write a book? I wonder why you never did, like, the courses thing. Because people want to, like, even though, you know, obviously in your book you talk about, like, you know, um, the whole how you felt afterwards. But people want to live the life. People want to experience it. No matter how much you tell them, like, yo, listen, listen, this isn't all it's cracked up to be. They want to experience it. Why don't you ever, like, do, like, yo, I got a course, like, kind of like how Tate does. Like, hey, listen, if you guys want to think like me, act like me, um, kind of follow some rules that I that that I live by. Subscribe to this course or whatever the case. Is. Why don't you ever do it? I could probably do that now that I've done some podcasts and people have heard me talk and under and like understand that I get the psychological piece of it and that this isn't just kind of an accident. But I think for the longest time, people were like, oh, he's a trust fund baby, and you know the only reason he you know got this stuff is. And I didn't give a fuck. I actually leaned on that. So it's like I only have myself. That really, bothered you a little bit, though. Well. Hey. I mean, it didn't, it didn't. I really had myself to blame for it because that's what I used to get into these fucking poker games, the fact that everybody thought I was a trust fund idiot. So it's kind of like I can't really be mad at people for thinking that when I kind of like perpetuated a little bit because that helped me earn fucking, you know, crazy money in the fucking poker world, right? Like they wouldn't have let me get in there with these billionaires. I wouldn't have got into some of the private games. They knew that I was fucking making so much money playing poker, right? So like, yeah, you know, it's like, I can't, you know, you can't have your cake and eat it too always, right? It's kind of like. I think you could write a dope book really kind of giving advice just on how men could follow you know, like a life path like yours. Well, I think at this point in the world, it's actually fucking needed because I think there's, like I said, because the disparity has been so shifted, right? Because that 1% is getting all the pussy and that 99% is getting like fucking next to nothing because they have to compete with all the rest of the fucking guys because social media has given people access. Not to mention that like it's, it's connected people and it's also shown everybody like what's possible, what's available. And it's perpetuating a lifestyle that's unattainable for most people, right? So, like, these girls... But it's not unattainable for the hot girls. They can get on these yachts. They can get on the fucking jet. You know what I mean? So, it's like... It's basically sucking out all the hot girls from fucking Idaho and yeah, yeah, all yeah. these places and sending them to Miami or Hollywood or, you know, wherever. And so, they're getting Little the bitch access. out from Wyoming. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> like, you know, this, like, the one hot bitch in the entire state. The daughter's <laughs> out, man. Like, the moment she turns 18, she's fucking Oh, out. man. Yo, uh, listen, I know you got to run, man. Uh, listen, it's been a pleasure. I know we're going to have more conversation. Yo, uh, watching your story unfold, but also really getting to get your perspective from it rather than, you know, because I've, I've watched all type of videos where they're just making shit up. Yeah. Like, this guy's this, this guy's that. Yo, he's just like, yo, he's just, yo, he's just playing with people's money and like, he's a liar. I was supposed to be bankrupt four years ago, remember? Ignite was supposed to be going bankrupt. That's what they said. Well, everybody says you're supposed to be be bankrupt. Zero debt. Like, I own my plane, I own my house, I own all my cars, I own my shit. Like, 
millions of dollars of watches. You still have the plane? And guns. Like, yeah, I've had the plane for fucking eight years. I've painted my goat on the tail of it. Like, you don't get to do that if you start. Yo, if I'm listening to those videos, they said, yo, listen, SEC about to come take this guy down. There. He's going to be in cuffs any minute. That's what they said. That was four years ago. I mean, these people are just such fucking retards. I just don't even think, like, when they're making these videos from their basement, they understand, like, how much it costs to operate a plane. Like, just to own a fucking G4, G5, whatever, like, it's 2 to $3 million a year every year. That's, like... Bro, I got bro like, it's probably a couple hundred thousand dollars just to, like, maintain this property every year. Fuck taxes or anything else. Just to... Yeah, more than just that. Just to... I mean, bro, I got fucking 27 staff members, three chefs, like, four assistants. I mean, bro, come on. Like, it's just... Anyways, people are fucking retarded. I don't, I don't even respond to them. It's just, like, so silly to me, like, listen to this nonsense, you know? Yeah, they've got this, like, conspiracy theory. They're like, that's why he doesn't post as much. That's why he doesn't do the same things he used to I do. I don't give a fuck. I, mean, I still do the same shit. I was just on a fucking yacht last week. Like, you know what I mean? So I flew fucking USBI. Like, I'm doing shit. I just, like, I don't really give that much of a fuck about posting anymore because I'm just, like, I feel like social media is, like, a video game I beat, like, fucking five years ago. I'm, like, tired of playing. Like, everybody's still playing fucking, you know, the Call of Duty 1. And I'm just, like, okay, I'm fucking over it. You know what I mean? I got the high score. It's cool. It's, like, fun for a while. But, like, bro, I've been doing this shit since, like, 2012. You know what I mean? Like Shit, a fucking like, veteran 10 years later. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's, like, it's fucking 2023 now, bro. I'm, like, I don't know, man. Social media, to me... Is it's like I feel like it's a cancer in society to be honest, you know. I really? Think, yeah. Even though you benefit so much from it. Yeah, I mean it's like, yeah, I benefited from it, but like, you know, I mean the guy that, you know, win the lottery, I mean, you know, he's gonna initially benefit from that too. And usually most of those guys are fucking like clinically depressed a year later. You know what I'm saying? So it's like yeah, I mean, like, I, I got benefit from it, but I'm just saying, like, there's a lot of people that don't, and then there's a lot of people that feel shitty about their lives because they're watching, you know, other people fucking, you know, flexing on there and doing the shit and, you know, with the hot chicks that they don't get and, you know, traveling in fucking jets when they're flying commercial wearing a mask. And you know what I'm saying? It's like, <laughs> it puts everything, like, in, in perspective in a bad way, I think. You know, and everybody's also posting, like, the dopest shit they're doing. So now you're comparing some guy in Idaho making 40 grand a year to some guy that's making fucking 20, 30 million a year and posting like the best of it, you know? Yeah, you can't, you can't compete. Hey, yeah. um, politics. Um, 2024 is coming. Who you rocking with? Um, well, for some reason, I, I would think like you probably fuck with Trump, right? Yeah, over Biden, it's not even close. I, I would like to see DeSantis. Well, I, I, I was going to say DeSantis, right? I love what he's done in Florida. Yeah, I like um, Florida too. I feel like. I feel like everybody's flocking to Florida. Like, you know, I, I live in New York. reason, man. Like, they, it was wide open during COVID. I mean, bro, like, we just realized, like, we've been fucking lied to. Like, all this shit, was, so much of it was just pure bullshit, you know? And, like, these vaccines, man, like, people are fucking dropping are dead. Yeah, unfortunately. Damn. I want to be on a fucking yacht, man. I didn't want to get the fucking vaccine. <laughs> but I was just like, I, bro, it's the only way I could get the fuck out of this country. I my buddy had a yacht for three months off the coast of Italy. This 200-and-something-foot yacht. I had been locked in my house writing this fucking book. And my idiot doctor was like, oh, I think you're more likely to get a... An, well, I mean, I say idiot. At the time, he was operating on the information he had, you know? And so... My thought process, if I had gotten COVID, there's zero chance. I don't give a fuck. I would have gone out shooting if somebody tried to give me a vaccine. But since <laughs> I had never gotten COVID, yeah. my doctor told me he thought there was a higher chance of me getting COVID and having a severe COVID-related issue. And I had known a free diver that had gotten COVID and it fucked up his lungs. So it was like, and there was all the scare, fear-mongering in the press. I don't know, man. I was an idiot and I fucking did it. But now it's like, dude, they're Did you ever out. get COVID? 
Uh, I don't know. I've never tested positive for COVID, but I have to. Did, it, did, you, ever, did you ever, like, can't taste, can't smell for anything? No, I never had that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Never had that. I but, like, you look, dude, they're pulling out, like, worms out of, like, fucking cadavers. Like, like blood clot worms that they've never seen this shit before, you know? And so it's, like, kind of scary times, man. Um, but, you know, fucking DeSantis has been, like... I think I think I think Biden's done. I, I think it's it's either going to be between Trump and DeSantis, but I think I mean, Trump Trump got some. He he, he got to be a little bit more palatable to to, to most people now, just well, because DeSantis has done an amazing job. Well, before. there's that, and then you also just see this fucking clown show that's going on under Biden, and it's like, yeah, like people didn't like Trump, like he sent fucking mean tweets, like you know people talk the shit, whatever. At the end of the day, like. You look at where the country is at when he fucking left it versus where it's going to be at when Biden leaves it. And it's like, I don't give a fuck about, like, you know, this if this guy's an asshole. I, I really don't give a shit as long as our country is run decently and people respect us. People do not fucking respect Biden. Shit, Biden, if Biden gets his way, he'd probably take away all your guns. Like, I mean, Biden wants all guns. And it's funny, man. You look at all the cities where they have the strictest fucking gun laws, and, like, they're the ones that have all the fucking crime. Chicago, L.A., New York, like all these fucking cities that, like, you can't even own a pistol, you can't carry without, you know, getting a permit that's impossible to get, all this shit. They have the worst crime rate ever. They usually try to, uh, they try to compensate by saying, well, look at the places where mass shootings happen, and, and it's, it's because it's too accessible, right? Yeah, but I mean, like... The mass shootings, I mean, they talk about that, but it's like, bro, the, if you combine all the mass shootings put together, like the amount of people that die from it, it's like, bro, there's like 300 fucking guys that got killed in Chicago in a weekend. You know what I'm saying? Nobody's talking about that. Like, you know, they go crazy over like 10 people dying in a mass shooting and like, yeah, it's fucked up. But like 150,000 people die every day. You know what I mean? Like people only choose to care about what's fashionable to care about and what the press tells you to care about. Like, there's people fucking dying in Africa, starvation and fucking a lack of water right now that, like, people could have a real impact on. Like, they could donate a small amount of money and actually have an impact and save lives of people they don't know. But they don't give a shit unless the press tells you to give a shit. That's the fucking problem I have right now. It's like, it's all, like, media-driven. And it's like, people just choose to care about what everybody else cares about. And it's like, for me, it's like, the priority is people that I fucking love, people that I know... And then unknowns. And to me, you know, and maybe an unknown in America would be a higher slightly than an unknown in fucking, you know, like China or Sri Lanka or Antarctica or whatever, right? But, like, not by much. Like, a human life is a human life to me. So it's like, I don't know, man. Like, I I don't get that much more fucking bent when a thousand people die here versus a thousand people die there, you know? And so it's like, I don't know. if If you really care about people that you don't know dying... Okay, there's, like, a way that you can do something about that, you know? But, like, people don't. They don't really care. They just, like, they want to look like they're good people. They want to look like they care. Yeah. You know? Like, they, they, like people are more concerned with looking like a good person than actually being a good person. So you do you care about all this shit with Chinese balloons and all that type of shit? I mean, fuck, man. I don't, I mean, if there's a Chinese spy balloon, <laughs> we should shoot the motherfucker down, right? Like, I don't, I don't even know why that's a conversation. Like... You know, I mean, it's like, I don't even know how they, and now they're like, they don't shoot down the Chinese spy balloon, but then they fucking shoot a $400,000 missile at a fucking little kid's like art fair balloon. You know what I mean? It's like, I don't know, man. It, like, I, I don't understand how we're not being laughed at on a world stage. Right? I mean, I guess we are. 
But it's, I think everybody's testing us. I, I think Russia's flying right next to us, basically just looking over like you guys are bitches. 100%. You know what I mean? Like I, th- I think they're they're playing with us a little bit now. Hundred percent habitual line steppers. <laughs> Jesus Christ, man! Hey, oh, oh, by the way, uh, I remember. Uh, I don't know if you ever like spoke on this uh, when the whole um, shooting in, in Vegas happened. Yeah, and you were. Like, there's a video of, like, you basically saying, yo, fuck it, man. Give me a gun. I, I need a fucking gun. So I have the full video. There's, like, a five-and-a-half-minute video where, like, the first part of it, like, you know, we're getting shot at, whatever. I go in this cop car, try and get a... I was actually a cop at the time. So as a cop... You were a policeman. I was a police officer in New Mexico. I had actually just come from New Mexico four days prior, literally serving a murder warrant, kicking a fucking door off the hinges, going in with a fucking, you know, long gun. Like, yeah, like, doing real shit, you know, like... Like, fucking raiding meth labs, like, shit like that. Like, doing real fucking police work with the U.S. Marshal. And it was a special program for, like, ex-military guys where you'd go down there and they'd line up, like, a bunch of warrants. And then you go serve, like, high-risk warrants for, like, two or three days. And you'd do it every, like, you know, three to four months. you go down there, shoot your quals, and then you were a fucking cop. Um, or reserve cop, right? And so... Yeah, I mean, it, like, it, you know, everybody's like, oh, the fucking idiots, like, ask them. I'm like, I was a motherfucking cop. I had my badge. Yo, yo, they, they really want to not, they they really just want to pr- point, prove that you're not the guy who you say you are. Yeah. And, and I remember reading, they're like, yo, he wasn't a reserve cop. He was just an, an entitled person asking for a gun from no, a cop. I got cop. my badge. I got my ID. I got the whole fucking thing. But, you know, like, the thing, so, anyways... Yeah, like, and, I've, and they're like, oh, he was fleeing the scene, which is totally fucking fine. Like, you just think about, like, this, this fucking retard Marine was the guy that was, like, talking shit. He's like, oh, like, he ran away. It's like, idiot, when you're unarmed, you're supposed to run away. I actually didn't. I actually didn't run away. I actually ran towards the fucking Mandalay Bay. I asked the cop for a gun. I went through a cop car, tried to get the fucking gun out of the cop car. I couldn't get it out. Like, I literally, like, did everything. And then I took two girls to the hospital. The, you know, the, the fucking news was asking me for interviews, like all this shit. I said, no, I don't give a fuck. I didn't post anything about it other than the fucking video I posted where it's like, hey, we're getting fucking shot at, whatever, like letting people know, like, you know, there's a fucking active shooter situation. But aside from that, you know, I wasn't like trying to fucking be a hero. I didn't say I was a fucking hero. I was just like, my instinct when I'm getting shot at is find a fucking gun. But most people should fucking run away. That's what you're supposed to do. When you're being shot at and you don't have a gun, you fucking run. And this dumbass is like, oh, you know, like he was trying to, you know, he should have fucking stayed or he ran, he ran from a shooting. It's like, so now you're <laughs> trying to give all the survivors from fucking Route 91, like survivor guilt that they shouldn't have run. You know, it's like, you fucking moron. Like, I don't know. It's just so crazy to me. And then the actual press ran this shit. Like, mainstream press ran this nonsense. Yeah, I think more. it has more to do with them not liking you, though. No, like, 100%. They really think about don't how like. stupid that is yeah, yeah, for yeah. the press to try and shame somebody for running, which I didn't do. In fact, I will show you the six-minute video where I, like, literally went through a cop car for over a minute. Then we went and fucking took a girl and tried to get her into the cop car because we were going to drive her to the hospital. Somebody had taken the keys. Then I ran from there to the fucking Mandalay Bay, asked the cop for his gun. Like, I'm in the thing. The guy only shot for, like, nine minutes. I was there for, like, seven of the nine. And then we took two girls to the hospital. I went and got a gun and then came back and was, like, fucking doing, like, you know, EMT shit with the fucking medics. Like, I was there. And then the next day, we were, like, going to the hospitals, dropping off food and water. That's when I heard about this nonsense from my police chief who was like, yeah, this fucking idiot is, like, talking shit. You know, and I'm, like, I'm dropping off food and and water, 10,000 gallons to the fucking hospitals. And this fat idiot is on his fucking, like, computer talking shit about how I should have done more. And it's like, what are you doing, motherfucker? You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. It was crazy. So that was, uh, that was probably one of the more irritating uh, press situations. I was yeah. just surprised, like, the mainstream press would run that. But 
Yeah, yeah, and, and that's why I'm glad that number one, um, you, you wrote a book. Uh, you're doing more of these podcasts where we're going to hear from you directly. And, you know, we're going to continue to hear from you because, again, I've been on, I've told people this. Working in media, I've understood the power of media. Like, and I forgot whose infamous quote is this. I could, I could turn a lie into the truth. Yeah. And, and that's a hell of a lot of power. You get what I mean? So especially, like, if it's someone you don't like, you can just show nothing but bad stuff about him. Well, Denzel, he said it. I mean, yeah, yeah. Like, Denzel like, said know, it. He goes, um, you know, it's it, you know, if you read the press, you're misinformed, and if you don't read it, you're uninformed. You know what I mean? So it's like, what's what do you what do you do? And then, and he's like, and it's not about you know reporting the news; it's about just being first. And who cares, you know, if if the information you know, hurts somebody, it's about getting the clicks, about getting somebody to read the article. It's not about having a good article, and that's like a pretty scary thing because there's a lot of people that you know still believe that there's you know some, you know, I don't know like credibility within journalism and now it's like turned into fucking worse clickbait than like the youtube kids yeah no no you're right you're right yo uh dan thank you man i appreciate you for the invite um super hospitable uh listen you've you've lived a i think a complete life man i think you've seen the highs and lows of everything and i i think you're still level-headed to know that you know, through through all the money you've, you've won, bitches you fucked, you know what I mean, the great experience you've had, like, we're all still fucking human, you know what I mean? And again, you know, some of these things are, are, are fleeting, you know what I mean? I always tell people that that's the thing about fame. I'm like, you know, no one will ever understand it until you get it, but, like, it's fleeting, you know what I mean? It's, it's not permanent, you know? Yeah, it's a blessing and a curse, you know? I mean, it's good for, like, getting laid, yeah. but other than that, it's a <laughs> fucking headache, man. It's like you got no privacy. Did, did you go out by yourself? No? I do. I do occasionally. Usually, you know, I have security or whatever. I don't leave too much. Like, I don't go out of time. And honestly, like, all the interactions I've ever had has all been positive. I don't really, like, I just have the security there more um, for, so I don't have to carry a gun and shit like that. I've had, like, I actually had a million-dollar watch stolen off my wrist, but. How? Just, dude, you wouldn't even, I didn't even feel it. Like, I could be talking like to you. Like, just, just fucking sleight of hand, boom, gone. It's like some Las Vegas thief? Yeah. So I was at what? the Canelo fight. I was like walking in, took a few pictures. Richard Milley? Yeah. Looked down and fucking bam, the thing was gone. No way, that shit costs a million dollars and doesn't have a tracker on it. It's crazy, man. I didn't even have an insured. I'm such a fucking idiot. That was another thing. It's like everybody's like, oh, it's an insurance scam. It's like, I didn't even have it insured. I just went out and bought another one. <laughs> like, it sucks, you know? Ask Richard Miller. got the records. I bought the same watch God, twice. Damn. Yeah. Well, thank you, man. Thank you, my yeah. man. Appreciate you. I know you got to run. Uh, right. Thanks for giving me some of your time. Thanks for everything here. And um, we'll definitely uh, chat more, man, later yeah, in the future, yeah, all right? We'll, we'll do a repeat. Definitely, man. Thank you for watching another episode of Off the Record Podcast. Your boy, DJ Academics, Dan Blazarian. We are out.